It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and it's Wednesday, which means armchair politics coming up in uh, about an hour or so for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, national headlines in politics and current events. We'll have our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left, Henry Hatter on the right, and they'll be joined by the author of a new book. It's a fascinating book called American Schism. Seth Radwell will be joining the roundtable. But first, we're going to talk with um, a uh, recently announced candidate for attorney general. He is uh, uh, here in Michigan. He is uh, an attorney from Kalamazoo, Michigan. He is probably best known... um, for his uh, recent involvement in uh, a court case involving uh, Antrim County's uh, election machines during the uh, last presidential election. His name is Matt DiPerno. He joins me by phone. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show. Uh, Hi. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, Matt, in all of the announcements that I've seen so far and... uh, newspaper accounts and and other things uh, other coverage of your announcement that you're running for Michigan Attorney General I haven't seen a party affiliation 
Oh, well, yeah. Um, we're, I, I'm running um, for the uh, nomination on the Republican ticket. Okay. I, I just I, I wanted to know because I, you've been very critical of the, uh, the, the sitting Attorney General, Dana Nessel, and wondered if maybe uh, there was a primary challenge in the works. Oh no, that's a that's a good point. But no, I'm running as a Republican. Um, what made you decide you wanted to run for Attorney General? Well, it's something uh, I've been considering for you know uh, many months now. But uh, primarily, I, I think Dana Nessel has uh, not enforced uh, the law equally against all people. Um, she uh, seems to only uh, enforce. Uh, uh, the law against uh, her political adversaries and at the same time uh, gives Democrats like Gretchen Whitmer and, and others uh, a pass. Uh, and second, she has done nothing to to uh, ensure uh, election integrity, integrity in the state of Michigan. And I think that's critical. I think we need to all understand and want uh, fair and free elections uh, and Dana Nessel has done nothing to uh, conduct any investigation uh, into the uh, general election in 2020, despite all of the evidence that we've uh, provided to her. But election security is more the purview of uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson until it's after the fact. Is that what you're referring to, Matt, is, is after the fact when... Uh, um, Maybe something has gone awry, and the Secretary of State hasn't acted on it. Yes, of course. So, in the 2020 election, the general election, um, there were a, a significant number of uh, the problems with the election. Many people submitted affidavits describing um, uh, problems that they saw. Many of those uh, were, you know, should be criminal in nature, and Dana Nessel is refusing to investigate. Uh, in that, instead, what she's saying is none of those affidavits uh, had any merit or that they were false. And yet, at the same time, she's done nothing to bring any charges against anyone who may have submitted a false affidavit. Uh, and those are two inconsistent positions that I don't understand. What about the the positions that you've taken while representing uh, Bill Bailey in the uh, uh Bailey versus Antrim County and Secretary of State Benson um, with regard to election fraud there. Um, let me see if I've got this right from, uh, let's see, a report released by a Republican-led state legislative committee in June that reviewed election fraud claims debunked various claims, uh, allegations of fraud specifically naming you as someone who had pushed demonstrably uh, false election claims based on misleading information and illogical conclusions. Um, is that, and that comes from the free press, by the way, um, if, is that the free press showing its political stripes? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I have uh, in the Antrim County case, people have to understand uh, that we did we did two things. Uh, first, we put out twenty one uh, forensic reports, uh, actually authored by real uh, forensic uh, uh, professionals, um, with real 
uh, solid credentials in the field. 21 reports that showed us two things. Number one, how these systems can be manipulated uh, and how they're uh, built uh, intentionally with uh, uh, very poor security measures. They're easily hackable, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, that, that seems to be pretty common knowledge. Uh, we put out multiple reports proving that. We've also put out multiple reports proving what actually happened in Antrim County and how the election was actually subverted through the computer system and not human error. Uh, and that's pretty important also because we took it that one step further. Um, so those two steps we've actually achieved and proved in Antrim County. Um, and then we, when you take it uh, uh, to the next step, you look at Ed McBroom's report that you're talking about. He never um, uh, interviewed any uh, of our witnesses, despite uh, 22 contacts we made with his office to actually bring in either myself or my expert witness to testify in front of him, to show him the evidence, to show him what we actually have, to help him understand that. He rejected every request we made to him. And he even acknowledges at the beginning of his report that he didn't exhaust all avenues of investigation. Um, we've also invited the news media, including the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press, into our lab to show them uh, exactly what we were doing to help them understand the reports if they had questions, give them a one-on-one -on -one demonstration of everything we've discovered and proven, and every one of them has rejected our request. So to answer your question, yes, yes, that is the, the free press showing their political stripes. The country is, is um, not just here in Michigan, but all around the country, is deeply divided over the results of the 2020 election. There are many people who thought, well, there are always glitches and hiccups in elections, but not enough to change the outcome. There are many, as you know, that think the uh, election was was rigged or at least uh, tilted in favor of uh, Joe Biden, talking about the presidential election, of course. Um, where, where do you fit in, in that battle for how that came out? Well, I, I believe, uh, number one, I mean, I've, I've been uh, sort of had a front row seat since the beginning because I've been involved in the Antrim County case. So we did something that nobody's been able to do uh, anywhere in the country, and that is obtain forensic images of the uh, electronic voting system. Uh, and since that time, for eight months now, we've studied those systems. Um, we understand how they work. Uh, uh, we have a sort of a deep dive into those systems to really understand the coding and understand what actually happened in the election. So I can say, based on the reports that we've put out and the information that we've obtained you know, through our uh, forensic analysis, that there was an actual subversion in the system in Antrim County. And then we can extrapolate that to other counties um, and other work we've done uh, in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona, um, and we've seen the same things in other counties and other states, uh, and even in other counties in Michigan. So that shows us that there's a pattern with these systems uh, where there's a real problem, and we need to get rid of uh, these electronic voting systems. Uh, they are intentionally designed 
to create problems in the in the voting uh, process, and it doesn't have to be that way. Either uh, have these companies commit uh, to making secure machines, which they apparently don't want to commit to, or get rid of them and go back to paper. And that would be my uh, recommendation to everyone. It's the safest way to have an election. It's the fairest way. We did it that way for many years. It worked just fine. Uh, we need to get rid of these machines and go back to paper. Matt, we've got a break coming up in a couple of minutes, um, and and I hope that you'll be able to stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more. Sure. Um, but in the in the three minutes we have before the break, um, I'll just ask this, and hopefully it won't have too many ifs in it, <laughs> but. If you are the nominee for the Republican Party to challenge the incumbent Dana Nessel for Michigan Attorney General, um, are, are you confident that that the votes will be fairly counted? Well, that's a great question because that's one thing we're working on right now to make sure that the votes are counted. If we had the election today, I would tell you no. I think there is no way today, right now, uh, to be able to say to anyone that their vote is counted uh, in the way that they've attended, intended it to. I've seen too much in terms of how these systems work and how easily they are to manipulate. Uh, we've seen, uh, for instance, in, in multiple different jurisdictions, anonymous remote logons with uh, elevated privileges at key times not only during the general election, but after, during certain recounts. And we can see on those through those uh, remote logons where there is uh, activity being done within the system uh, that should not be allowed. Um, and those create subversions with our, within our uh, voting system. So today, right now, no, I cannot tell you that we'd have a fair election today. I, I want to dig down on uh, Antrim County because there there is something interesting about that in that in a lot of the investigations into problems in various uh, polling places and, and with various counts and recounts, um, there have been admissions that things went awry, but not enough to change the outcome. But that wasn't the case in Antrim County. Well, that's true. There was uh, 7,000 votes that were moved uh, in Antrim County. Nine out of 15 precincts uh, were attacked um, intentionally, Matt, uh, not by human error. Matt, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I am coming right up on that break. But let's pick it up and talk about what you discovered with Antrim County, and we'll talk about some other things uh, when sure. we return. My guest is Matt DiPerno. He uh, just last month announced that he's running for Michigan Attorney General, and uh, we'll have more with him after we let our broadcast partners at 92.1 FM squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If uh, you're listening to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll be back with more with Attorney General Candidate Matt DiPerno. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with Kalamazoo attorney and candidate for Michigan Attorney General Republican Matt DiPerno. Matt, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, that's no problem. Glad to be here. (laughs) Matt, just before the break, we were talking about you were uh, the attorney. uh, You represented Bill Bailey in the case of Bailey versus Antrim County and Secretary of State Benson over... uh, um, the the counting of votes in uh, and the use of election machines in Antrim County, and you were explaining a little bit. And I, I, I obviously I don't know as much about this case as you do, with the work that you've put in. But as I understand it, at one point the uh, tabulations showed uh, Joe Biden winning in what should have been a Trump. Victory County uh, with 60 plus percent of the vote and when the dust settled it turned out that Trump had in fact won uh, with something like 57 percent of the vote. How did that all unfold? Sure on on, uh, November 3rd on election night um, uh, Joe Biden um, had 65 percent of the vote uh, and uh, some people within Antrim County, including my client Bill Bailey, recognized that that was a problem because Antrim County historically votes uh, 65% uh, Republican. Uh, so he contacted the local uh, uh, county clerk um, to request that they do a recount. Uh, and keep in mind, the, the Republican county clerk in Antrim County was ready to certify uh, the victory for Joe Biden at that point because uh, uh, she so deeply believed uh, that, number one, she had done everything correctly in, in running the election, and number two, that the uh, uh, results that are kicked out by these voting machines are, are are true and accurate. They just believe that. They're taught that, um, and they have no reason to doubt the accuracy of the results. She trusted um, the so, machines that were approved to to conduct that activity. Correct, correct, and and we've seen that across the state. the The county clerks um, always believe, and and I don't think they're doing anything wrong intentionally, and not doing anything wrong uh, in many cases unintentionally. They're following directions that they're given as to how to open an election, uh, run an election, and close an election. Um, and uh, they can do that. They can follow those directions. And and they're convinced uh, by the Secretary of State uh, that these machines are unassailable uh, and that you have to trust the results. And we found that to be completely false. Uh, there were then uh, three additional recounts in Antrim County, uh, November 5th and November 21st, uh, those were both uh, inaccurate. Uh, and then there was another uh, recount on December 17th, uh, which was finally the results that were certified by the Secretary of State, uh, which showed that Donald Trump won um, uh, with about 62, 63% of the vote. But even then, we still had an issue with about 1,020 um, uh, ballots uh, that we think were not uh, correct. Um, um, and uh, may have been fraudulent ba- ballots. 
there's a certainly a discrepancy of 1,020 ballots even after that December 15th recount. So what we see in the end in Antrim County is there was a, a vote uh, movement, or some people call it a vote flip, of 7,060 votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Um, that was not human error. That was that was uh, created. That problem was created by a subversion in the actual coding of the election and how it was programmed. So that's that's something that we proved as to how those votes moved. Uh, and if you look at uh, 7,060 votes in Antrim County, and you extrapolate that across the state and say there's 83 counties, um, and we believe that there was vote movement uh, in every uh, county across the state because we see that there was a shift from the 2016 election to the 2020 election. There was a movement of about 5% uh, across the board from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Um, we can say that there could be roughly, you know, 585,000 votes that are not accurate. Um, and that should be investigated. I believe that's enough uh, evidence right there to conduct a forensic audit in the state of Michigan. With the machines and the way they're coded, um, and help me understand this a little bit, is there a, a universal coding that goes in all of the machines from that company? Or are they all coded individually? Could it be possible for the coding in, in one county to be completely accurate and the coding in another county to, to be off somehow. And how would that happen? By mistake, by design, by hack? Yeah, sure. Uh, so to answer the first question, um, you can attack, uh, if you're a bad actor, um, you can attack a county uh, directly by the coding the election. So every county is coded differently because every county uh, has different uh, type of uh, ballot makeup, different people on the ballot. So that's what we talk about when we say how does a how do they map a ballot? So you can it, it actually goes down to the precinct level. We saw in Antrim County that they only attacked nine out of the fifteen precincts. You don't have to attack. The, you don't have to attack the entire county. And in most cases, you'd only look at two or three precincts if you're trying to move 5% uh, of the boat, votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. And if you wanted to change the county from red to pink, you only attack a few precincts. Uh, so, yes, the coding is actually done uh, really at a precinct level, um, and you can move votes through the actual uh, way that the election is uh, 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 coded or programmed. For instance, if, if you gave me control of the election and said, Matt, I want you to program this next election, um, I, could, I could make any candidate I want win from the top of the ticket down to the bottom of the ticket just through the coding of the election. Um, and that's the subversion we saw uh, in, in Antrim County. And when when you said they, who is the they? Well, the the they could be um, a bad actor in the actual uh, uh, um, uh, programming company. You know, there's there's the main companies that make and manufacture 
the the systems and the programming. And then there's subcontractors who then program the elections uh, for the counties and the precincts, and they run the uh, logic and accuracy tests for the counties and the precincts. So you could have a bad actor there who manipulates uh, the uh, way the uh, county or the precinct is programmed. Uh, we're actually getting ready to file a lawsuit based on that very thing um, where we've discovered that there are bad actors in some of these countries or in some of these uh, companies who intentionally uh, uh, subverted the election through the way they programmed some of these precincts. Or you could have a bad actor do it uh, through a remote anonymous login, which is what we've seen uh, in Antrim County on two separate dates. Uh, we've seen the same thing uh, in studies we've done in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia also. Uh, so uh, these machines are easily accessible. Uh, they run a program called a uh, Microsoft SQL database management program, which is not authorized by the EAC, which is the Election Assistance Commission, which actually should decertify these machines, but they, because the Secretary of State Benson uh, doesn't actually uh, properly uh, conduct her own testing, she doesn't understand or realize that these machines should be decertified because they have these illegal programs put on them. And the database management system allows anyone who has access to the system, if they have elevated privileges, uh, to go directly into the database and move votes uh, any way they want. Uh, they have to, and that's why I say that these machines are so vulnerable, uh, we need to get rid of them. Matt, your experience with Antrim County and then some of the other elections that you've uh, looked into, um, how significant was that in your decision to run for Attorney General in Michigan? You know, it was uh, it, it wasn't the only uh, thing that uh, uh, helped um, educate my decision, but it was certainly important, and it was important because what I saw was uh, our elected officials within the state, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, just don't seem to care about this issue, and they don't want to actually do a real investigation. They need to do an actual forensic audit of the election um, across the entire state. Um, at the very least, the, the four big counties should be audited, Kent County, Wayne County, Oakland County, and Macomb County. I think people would find significant discrepancies within those big counties. Um, but the our elected officials, like I said, whether Democrat or Republican, have just not taken this issue seriously in the state of Michigan. And it needs to be taken seriously because we believe it's this just this should be a nonpartisan issue in my opinion. Everyone's vote should count, but more importantly, it should count in the way that they intended it to count. And we just see that that's not happening right now. It, obviously, this issue of of accuracy in in collecting and counting votes is very important to you. Um, and that being the case, why not run for Secretary of State? Um, why, why Attorney General? Well, as a as a lawyer, I think I'd, I'd fit best within the Attorney General uh, position, and I think the Attorney General actually has the greatest power uh, to enforce the laws that we have in the state right now. 
you see the Republicans right now pushing forth bill after bill to do what they call, you know, help improve election integrity. Uh, and I just don't see that those bills are uh, needed at this point. We have plenty of election laws on the books that if we just enforce those election laws, uh, we'd have fair elections. Uh, and Dana Nessel isn't doing that. There's there's voting fraud across the state of Michigan, whether it's big fraud or little fraud. There's plenty of people who signed affidavits that witness fraudulent activity, and not one person yet has been prosecuted by the attorney general. Um, and until that stops, this this type of uh, fraudulent conduct will con- continue. We need to have someone in that position who's going to enforce the laws fairly across the state for everyone, not just people within her own party, um, and not giving uh, other political people a pass. Uh, we've seen her do this with uh, Governor Whitmer. Uh, we've seen her give her a pass on uh, a conduct uh, where Governor Whitmer has traveled out of the state um, uh, at times where she's locked down other people, uh, and she's used her own uh, campaign funds to do that. These are things that uh, Dana Nessel should look into. We also know that Dana Nessel has refused to or actually stopped an investigation uh, into Secretary of State Benson's husband uh, for destruction of evidence related to um, uh, certain political issues in Detroit, uh, Michigan. So we can't have an attorney general who enforces the law uh, as she wants to on a whim um, uh, and picks and choose winners and losers based on their political party. What's a, what's ahead for you in the campaign for uh, attorney general? It's a statewide office. Um, you know, to certain people who follow politics pretty closely, your name is known because of the Antrim County case. But for the average voter, maybe not quite so much. How do you how how do you how do you launch and, and uh, run that campaign going forward, first for the nomination and then on into the general? Well, we've already launched the campaign, and we're just moving forward, uh, uh, talking to uh, groups of people um, uh, you know, every, every day, uh, whether it's by phone or traveling to uh, their you know, patriot groups that, that they have. Uh, talking at certain events uh, and getting the word out as to what our message is. Uh, so that's moving along quite nicely right, right now, and we've got uh, many events already booked up. Just a matter of you know putting in the miles and, and driving around the state and meeting people and, and letting them know what, uh, what we stand for. Have you filed all the uh, appropriate paperwork for um, establishing a, a committee and doing fundraising and all that? Yes, we have, and we've established a, a website also. It's deperno4mi.com, D-E-P-E-R-N-O, the number 4mi.com. Uh, that's our campaign website right now where people can go and sign up to volunteer or donate to the campaign. So everything's moving along as it should right now. Now, I know an awful lot of people who think you have to be a little crazy to want to run for an elected office. <laughs> how, how did your friends and family react when you made the decision and, and told them? You know, for, for the most part, I think people are, are positive about it. Uh, I think it's important right now in, in our country. There's so many things happening 
not just in Michigan, but, but across the country that is, is deeply dividing us right now. Uh, and I think we need people in office who uh, are willing to look at these issues like I do, not from a, a partisan standpoint. Like I've said repeatedly, I think election uh, investigation should be a nonpartisan issue. Um, I get attacked by the Republicans and the Democrats on this side. Uh, maybe that qualifies me than other people, right? Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's just, it's, 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 you know, any running for, you know, running for office certainly uh, opens me up to criticism by other, um, you know, that's not always easy for family members to take. And so that's difficult. Uh, but I think right now, uh, over, you know, over the support has been very positive, and, and I think it's a fight we need to have right now. And and what's what's the timeline? When do the Republicans make their pick, and, and are there other people showing interest in, uh, in this race? Well, we'll see. I think it's still a little early right now. I think there's uh, maybe some other people will get uh, uh, in the race on the Republican side. Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't heard of anyone making an announcement yet. But sometime in the spring, there'll be a, uh, a, a party convention, um, what they're going to be calling a nominating convention, which is where the delegates will get together across the state of Michigan. They'll meet uh, uh, wherever the location ultimately is, if it's Lansing or some other location. And they'll have a convention and pick their uh, nominees for attorney general and Secretary of State and some other uh, races uh, that are important in this state. Um, and so, you know, we've got about six, seven months right now to put in the hard work to campaign and meet those delegates. Matt, I have a feeling that's going to go a lot faster than it seems right now looking ahead. I believe you're probably right. <laughs> um, Matt, you said that, that Republicans and Democrats have, have been critical of you. Um, do some of the uh, criticisms you've gotten from Republicans, do you think that's going to be problematic in a nominating uh, convention? I don't think it's any more problematic than you'd have in any type of primary. We always have this uh, debate in every, every primary, uh, whether it's a national election or local election, uh, with the type of candidates that we pick. Uh, in the Republican Party, we typically have two types of candidates, either someone like myself, who's a constitutional conservative, um, or, you know, other types of Republican candidates who lean uh, more liberal or progressive. Um, and right now, I think in our party, we, we are leaning on the Republican side to the more progressive side. You know, people like uh, uh, Mike Shirky and Ed McBroom uh, are people who are more progressive uh, than uh, someone like myself who's a, a conservative. So that's just natural in the party. Um, and as a conservative, I'd like to see more conservative candidates, obviously. They'd like to see more progressive candidates, more, uh, as they claim, they're more moderate. I, claim, I call them progressive. Um, and that's just the fight we have in any election at uh, any time, whether it's a primary or a convention like this. So my message is to is a conservative message, um, a constitutional republic type message. That's um, not a uh, it's what I view as a left leaning progressive message that other Republicans have. Would you count uh, Congressman uh, Meyer 
in that? You know, I do. I think he is he is quite left leaning and progressive uh, in in every respect. And to some extent, you got to understand that the the Democrats have have worked this system for for many many years, uh, and in some respects, have actually infiltrated the Republican Party by running actual Democrats in uh, Republican seats. I think that's what happened with Pete Meyer. I don't think he's actually a Republican. I would say he's a a Democrat who's disguised himself to get elected. We see that a lot in the northern counties as well, where Democrats simply could not get elected to state Senate seats or state representative seats. And you have people who are Democrats who actually run as Republicans. They get elected and they bring with them that very progressive message. Um, And that's, that's something we have to work on as a party to properly vet people who are running and make sure that we have strong conservative candidates and that we don't get infiltrated by these uh, people who are actually Democrats or people who are or left-leaning progressives. That's the fight I think we have to make within the party. Is is Meyer your congressman? He is not my congressman, no. Oh. Uh, I'm down from uh, in the Kalamazoo area. So Okay. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't really looking at a map, so I couldn't tell if there was any overlap there, because um, I was going to ask if he was your congressman and if he was your candidate. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, n- he's neither, from my perspective. <laughs> Fair uh, enough, Matt. Um, Matt, we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, in, any, any final thoughts, any final comments you'd like to share? You know, sure. I think I, I think people need to um, really take a look at it today. Um, you know, this this day and, and time, because we're so divided in this country right now, uh, because we see some of the policies that are being put forth by Joe Biden as president, and we see uh, the changes that are happening in the country that seem to be happening quite quickly. Um, uh, where we're moving, uh, I think away from our traditional um, conservative uh, uh, politics as a country. And in, in some people say, and I agree, moving towards a more uh, a socialist uh, country with a lot of the policies that are being put out. And people, if you want to change that, I think everyone needs to take a look at what they're doing uh, and, and say, how do I change that? The best way to change that is to run for school board election, run for a local election at your county uh, uh, board, your county commissioner. We have to get good conservative people in all those positions. If you really want to affect the country and change the politics in the country, you you attack the school boards uh, and the, the local county boards and put in, uh, you know... Um, and city and town councils. Right, exactly. And... And, and and that's where we have we see how how the the globalists, as I call them, or the Marxists, really come in and infiltrate the local communities by changing the school curriculum. We see that with critical race theory. We have to get rid of those types of um, Marxist ideas because critical race theory is, is um, at its core one hundred percent Marxism. We have to change that. We got to get conservative people elected into those positions, get rid of critical race theory and other types of Marxist propaganda type teaching and get back to count 
you know, Matt, buddy, uh, we've, we've got to end it there, but thanks hi, for spending this, this time with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Take Sumner program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
thetomsumnerprogram.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. has been taken unaware by the humor of Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona. Here is Senator Goldwater accepting the nomination for President of the United States at the annual mock convention of Washington's exclusive Alfalfa Club. Well, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me since Walter Ruther made me an honorary auto worker. (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen, if my voice trembles a little at this historic moment, I'm sure you'll understand. It takes my breath away, even though I feel the White House is now ready for me since Jacqueline remodeled it in an 18th century decor. (laughs) And frankly, I, I feel it's a double honor since I've never even been to Harvard. But... Members of this convention, this has been a genuine draft, not just the kind felt by reservists. And I've <laughs> and I've yielded to it in the sincere belief that no man with a drop of patriotism in his veins could turn down such a golden opportunity to advance his family. Uh, of course, the the Goldwater clan is not as large as the Kennedy clan. And my brother Bob doesn't want to be in government. Uh, in fact, he promised Dad he'd go straight. And I wouldn't be truthful if I said that I was fully qualified for the office. I don't play the piano. I seldom play golf, and I never play touch football. But I hope you'll find it in your hearts to accept a president who just sits behind a desk and works. Now, I must take note of the fact here that my opponents call me a conservative. If I understand the word correctly, it means to conserve. Well, then, I'm just trying to live up to my name and conserve two things that most need conserving in this country, gold and water. to turn to my campaign platform, but before I do that, I just want to say that I don't apologize for being a conservative. I can remember where the conservative and mother were clean words. (laughs) But as you all know, I've argued for some time that we should do away with the cumbersome and lengthy, unmeaningful and platitudinous promises that the platforms of both parties have become. We need bold, brief statements that all Americans can understand. Now, the first plank fits neatly on one page, but I think it's basically sound and honest. It will mean the same thing to you whether you live in the North or the South, whether you're a farmer in Maine or an industrial worker in California. It says, and I ask you to pay close attention, elect Goldwater. (laughs) 
Now, gentlemen, that's it. No nonsense. No shilly-shallying. No hair-splitting. Just elect Goldwater. It's got a nice ring to it that I sort of like. And is there anyone from the highest to the lowest, from the ordinary school child to the lowliest Harvard professor, who can possibly mistake this meeting? I'll go even further. Is there anyone in this convention hall who doesn't understand it? Now, members of this convention, the other two planks deal with labor, education, foreign policy, and the farm problem. Here's plank number two. Elect Goldwater. Now, you may notice a certain similarity between the first plank and the second. And I want you to know that that was deliberate. It's been my experience that the public is confused if you offer too many issues. The thing to do is to get a hold of a good one and stick to it. Hammer it home. Repetition, gentlemen, is the way Madison Avenue sells toothpaste and soap, and it's the way the new frontier stays in the limelight. But when repetition occurs at the White House, and it has since 1932, it's not a sales pitch, it's a giveaway. You don't even have to guess the price. And now, gentlemen, for the final plank. Plank number three. This is the bell ringer, and it's even shorter. It just says, ditto. <laughs> there, gentlemen, I suggest that you have a platform in five words. Elect Goldwater, elect Goldwater, ditto. And just to keep things symmetrical... I think I'll hold the budget down to five figures. Jane Mansfield's for openers, and I'll accept nominations for the other four. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
chasing down those working day blues. Motown radio playing soft and true. Headlines flashing in a night so long. We were wondering, Mom, and what is going on? When the music plays, everything is cool. Program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. 